One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. To everyone that is with us live, happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful women in our lives. That sees the beautiful bald-headed man not with us today, Brewski. Try and get some brownie points in with his wife, so don't blame him. But to young millennials who don't have any significant women in their life to spend Mother's Day with. Aman, how are we, my friend? Well, don't tell my mother that. She won't be very happy <laughs> with me, but um, no, going well, going well. A um, bit more time to watch the footy today and also during the weekend, which is good. Um, yeah, but good games all around, a few, few blowouts, but yeah, I'm sure we'll get through all of that. Yeah, look, it was a mixed bag, especially like Sunday. I mean, Pappenhausen, what what could have been? We see like Greg go huge, Munster go huge, even Hughes had a good game. Like it was it was great, but Pappenhausen, one of the most seed captain options this week. A little bit deflating, especially when we see Nico Hines go for what, 144? When I said to you during the game, like, awesome, he's been moved back to fullback defensively. His base numbers are going to go down, but like... The bloke just, I, don't, I can't pick him because like I'll captain him next week, he'll score 30 and then I won't captain him the week after and he'll just go huge. He's sort of a, a mixed bag, but mate, you can you can expose me all you want because 20 minutes into this, I said to you, oh, do you think Hines could be a sell? Like, is he really a season-long keeper? Yeah, I saw that. Look, I didn't want to be like outright and say no, no way because, you know, we can always be adaptable, but in my head I was thinking, surely, not, surely he's not everyone's biggest problem and... Yeah, picking him as a captain, I, like as you mentioned, we both went Pappenhausen. Main reason was because the Storm, as we're going to discuss, have broken scoring records. And I figured the goal kicker, who's, you know, he scored a double before his injury, it just felt like that was the obvious move. The Sharks had their own issues last week against the Broncos, so you could say you know, a bit of hesitancy there. So it shows as well the captaincy can be very volatile. And it just sucks that when the thought process is good and it's looking like it's working and then it gets cut short, it does bum you out a little bit, but look, you take those take those lows, the highs will hopefully come. Yeah, shout out to anyone that did put the C on Hines. Like, obviously, have a great week for you. Shout out to anyone that put the C on Teddy as well, who we'll touch on. Uh, looking at the Ramsey resurgence, I mean, Jai Arrow got a 27. Oh, uh, a couple of other stinkers. Xavier Coates. I mean, Xavier Coates could have scored me 200 this week, and I was still probably selling. Um, and, I mean, what's going on with Tass? <laughs> Didn't play him last week. Played him this week. Stunk it up. And... Are we getting to the stage now where like we have to have eyebrows raised over Talon May? We'll we'll discuss that heavily when we look at the Panthers game. But uh, looking at your squad, who were the I guess the big thinkers? Because we both had some big standouts. I mean, I had Isaiah Papali'i, uh, Pappenhausen, sixty four. Despite doing not a whole lot, we're still fine. Munster, Grant, um, Hines, obviously. But who stunk it up for you? Yeah, probably a few of the usual suspects. I'm just having a look. So Cleary, obviously a bit disappointing. Updated down to only the forty points. Um, Max King was okay with 45, but Isaiah Tass was a big one. I got a bit of my um, benching and reserve selections a bit off this week. I was trying to target a little bit more of the centers. So, it's like for example, I played Tass over the likes of a Randall, who played 80 minutes and went really well with 78 points. So, that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, Targo, I'm sure a lot of people are having the same issue there. Only yeah. the 34 points from him. So, not ideal. And Talakai, again, only 46 as it stands before updates. So, a few guys who just kind of went in that kind of low to mid-range. 
it was kind of offset obviously by guys like Hines. Um, Harry Grant obviously did very well for myself. Um, a few guys, you know, pretty solid like Dylan Brown and Isaiah Yo. But yeah, so it's just a bit of a mixed bag. I think just if I had nailed the captaincy, I think would have been seeing obviously a much better score. But yeah, no real kind of shocks, I think, in terms of who underperformed. It's kind of your Tass and your Targos for the me this week. I am now a Harry Grant owner, so that was very, very nice watching that game. Um, the Ramsey Resurgence, we finished on 1,202 with updates still rolling in, so we will post the actual final score on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, as we always do on Monday. Uh, as for you, 1,189 pre-updates. I think we're both around par. I mean, I'm in the top 500, so I might see some red arrows. You're just outside the top 10K. There's not too much difference. Like The points-wise, it's still like 200 points, so... I think you might be steady, Pat. I think I might see a slight drop. Hopefully, I'm still inside the top 1K. But, yeah, 11.89, you can't be too upset considering all the stuff that that had gone wrong. Yeah, I think I kind of mentioned it this week. I wasn't really sure, mainly this week, about in terms of my trades. I brought in both Tass and Tui Pilotu, so I went double cheapy. So I freed up a lot of cash, and that was in preparation for potentially going turbo next week or even just maybe another gun. I just didn't know which one I wanted to go for this week. So I was kind of thinking this week could hopefully just hold rank at best, maybe I was expecting actually a bit of a red. So anything green, like arrows-wise, I'll be happy with. Um, it's obviously the landscape has changed a lot now. What it looks like with Pappenhausen getting to turbo won't be as difficult potentially as you may think. So that might just mean hopefully I can actually go maybe double, even triple gun next week if, with my boost because um, I've got a lot of cash sitting in the bank. So we could see hopefully uh, the tides turning sometime soon. Yeah, I did, I did some quick math um, with the last game happening, just sort of with break-evens and price changes. I think Turbo to, I think PAP to Turbo nets us 15k in profit, so um, I think most people would will be able to do it. Uh, moving on to game one, I had a weekend multi. I had South to win this by 13+, plus, and my multi for the week was dead after this game. Uh, seeing South 12-32, the Broncos, the Adam Reynolds Cup, he delivered. Souths did not. Basically, Souths just... We thought they had this like a wonderful golden stretch of draw between like round six and twenty, and seems like whoever plays South has that golden draw. Not so much them. Definitely, I think we start. We really need to start rethinking how we approach different teams as well. You know, looking at the Broncos in the last couple of years, you'd say that's a great matchup on paper. But you know, Adam Reynolds joining that team, um, good of good crop of young talent, Tony Staggs back. You know, they're a team that can definitely frustrate. And we're actually pretty good defensively, I think, coming into this week. I think there was around 8th or ninth in terms of total points conceded. So not as kind of, you know, not the whipping boys that I think we've seen the past couple of seasons. And obviously Adam Reynolds coming back to versus old team for the first time. He wanted to put in a good performance and, yeah, absolutely smashed it, getting um, 100 on the dot and obviously lots of other good performances from them. Um, but, yeah, definitely even the Rabbitohs themselves, just overall still very clunky in attack. It's It's hard to put more faith in them. I think we've invested quite a few plays and you know like your taff tasks maybe your cody walker but yeah a little bit um uncertain as to whether i'd want to be putting in more faith in them because overall they're still not looking um what we were thinking would get from the rabbitos this year no and like the fact that there was no pain house no kurt katewell as well like just big like a big big win for for ken walters and the broncos um, as you said adam reynolds with 100 pat carrigan with a 92 patty carrigan if Haas is out like He's not like, if it's not a long term injury, but if he was out for like a month, Paddy Carrigan could be a great option to look at. Uh, so in Coho, your your boy, <laughs> eighty five from him, uh, a couple of middling scores, not so much relevance happening there. But we've got to go all the way down to the bottom. Tony Staggs, thirteen points. Rocks or diamonds with with Big Tony. 
Yeah, it was really strange. He, uh, it was uh, similar to what we were seeing at the beginning of the season where he was looking a bit uninvolved, but all the play just kind of went to um, to Cobbo. You know, Tamar Martin, whenever he was running on that side, just seemed to always cut him out and we'll just go to Cobbo, my boy, um, who I no longer own, um, unfortunately, for that. But, um, yeah, so Stags, yeah, rocks or diamonds. So I think you would have seen that already if you did buy him recently. You know, he was going 30s, getting 100s. So the 12, or sorry, the 14 is definitely a lot lower than what you were expecting. Just normally his base is around... 30 points but yeah it's it's a hard it's a it's a it's a weird one i think it just wasn't really the game for him yeah uh for south tony mill 93 trent peoples new cheapy alert potentially 68 points from him cam murray with a 61 uh cookie with a 54 fantasy wise i mean i mean super coach wise you've got Ilias with a 52 taff with a 51 cody with a 47 lot of chat on twitter read that sort of try assist who created the wraparound i can't tell you i can't pick it so you just hope for updates to go your way. Uh, Campbell Graham, 46. Uh, a couple other scores here. Arrow with a 28. Oh, He's now starting to become a concern. I think he's lost all his value that he made us. So Arrow is annoying. Uh, Tass with a 24 as well. And Alex Johnson with a solid 14 points from him. Uh, game two, the first game of the Friday. So the Raiders get the W over the Bulldogs, 14-4. to four. Hashtag boost for Elliott. Could have been better. Could have been worse. Uh, he ended up with a 57. So... Nice. I mean, the role is still the same, so I'm not too concerned. Nothing drastically changed, and the Raiders got the win, which is always nice. Uh, big Josh Papali'i with uh, the or Papali'i, or however he pronounces it now, 59. Uh, Elliot Whitehead, 58. Matt Frawley, uh, with the dummy to no one, broke Matt Dufty's ankles. Some great defense there. Yeah, so I didn't watch all of this game, um, and based on what I've heard from other people online, I didn't really miss too much, but um, I did watch that replay. Um, yeah, Duffy looked like he was just trying to avoid doing any kind of tackling with that. And um, you, look, I'm looking at these scores here. When the highest score of the game is 67 from a forward, it probably gives you an idea as to the lack of quality, you know, probably, you know, not much attacking prowess, I think, from either of these two teams. But um, yeah, your boy, boost for Elliot, 57. I think anyone who did pick him up, you know, you'd be happy with that. He had quite a big jump up, actually, in updates as well. Yeah, so I think he was on 38 or something, and I was not impressed, and then update to 57, which is nice. Um, you mentioned the top score from this game being 67 from a forward. Now, I think the last time you were on for one of these roundups was round five, and we did mention to Vita Pangai, the draw has started to become a little bit softer for him. What is he at now? Before before updates, he was at 561k with a six with a 45 break even. So we expect him to go up about 20k or so. So 580k. Jewel plays the buy. Are we getting behind TPJ if he can escape? Obviously, like he had a bit of an incident. Um, if he can ex- escape any suspension, is he a guy that we that, that there's value in? Or if you pick him up for the buy, you pick him up on round 13 to make sure that he actually plays. Yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the running joke is that you just pick him up at the latest available opportunity just to make sure that he is actually going to be available for that. But um, look, you can always take a punt on Tavita Pangai. We know that he's got upside, um, loves to offload, which is really helpful for Supercoach point scoring. I think majority of people at that same, not similar price, but a little bit higher, probably have a bit more security with someone like a Lolo. That was something I was uh, tossing up myself this week, whether to go for Pangai or for a, a Lolo. I ended up going for neither just to because I, I wasn't sure which one. I think Pangai has obviously proven in the past that he has got that game suited for this, you know, for Supercoach. I personally would probably just wait, I think, closer to around uh, 13, just so you have that bit of a guarantee. Because I, even though he's doing well, 
I'm not 100% confident yet he's like a full-on season keeper at the moment. So whether you want to buy him, and even if he misses that, would you be happy to hold him after that? I'm not yet on, I'm not really certain yet on that. So I think my personal bet take is to maybe wait until round 13. But if you want to take a chance on him, the draw is nice coming up as well, as you mentioned. So don't hate it, but I'm a bit more of a conservative style of, <laughs> um, of coach. So... Uh, so a hothead like Pangai does give me shivers if I do have him in my team. I think it comes down to, like, if you trade that Payne Haas and you upgraded Lolo, like, you need that th- sort of third backup long-term front row forward option. And Lolo, and Pangai definitely could be that. So uh, owners don't be upset with the 67 at all. Um, ITIP didn't have a decent game, and yeah, 67 was very, very nice. As you said, that was the top score of the game. Not a whole lot much more to really report on. Not so much fantasy-relevant news here. Matt Burton with a 63. Uh, probably bottomed out in price. The, the Bulldogs draw does get better. I very much daddy plays Origin. Could be, a, could be a good pod over that period. He is cheap. He's 415k. He had a break-even of 60, so he won't really change that much in value, or if at all. And, you know, if you're not really convinced by a Cody Walker, you could maybe take a, a chance on someone like a Burton instead. You know, you can run like a Munster-Burton combo. He can cover you off for that origin period, as you mentioned, goal kicks as well. So I don't hate I don't hate that if you are looking for a pod. Yes, definitely. Uh, the less said about this game, the better, because it was a pretty boring game. Let's put it that way. A game that wasn't boring, however, was the Panthers suffering their first defeat at home since I was about three years old by the sounds of it. It seems like they haven't lost there in, in God knows how long. 22-22 to the Parramatta Eels. This game has now been riddled with controversy thanks to the Parramatta trainer uh, apparently running in front of the posts. This is a, such a beat up. Like <laughs> You've got to try and drag every drop of news you can out of a, out of a footy game. Um, but Parramatta played very, very well. Parramatta played very, very well uh, in the semi-final they played last year as well. They, they were dudded very, very late. So could Parramatta be the Penrith kryptonite? Penrith and Melbourne. Yeah, Parramatta just seemed to, for these two specific teams, you know, Panthers and Melbourne, the Eels just somehow seemed to fire up and, and manage to be very, very competitive. But, you know, we know that they're generally quite good at beating the um, the easier teams. Sometimes in the middle, though, the middle of the ladder, they can struggle <laughs> randomly. But yeah, these top two teams, they seem to have something about them. You know, they can get in a grind. They've got good forward pack, um, obviously good backs as well. But yeah, it was a great game. You mentioned the trainer incident. Look, I think Cleary is going to miss that anyway. You know, Parramatta will say, well, look, uh, the Panthers scored off a kick-out knock-on as well. So there's there's so many different ways you can spin your narrative to think, say, oh, we should have gone a certain way. I just think so they, should give, controversy, but they look, should give Cleary 40, 40, 40 points for Cleary just as a compensation, just 40 super coach points. I reckon that that would make uh, great great viewing for, for all. Uh, definitely not me as an owner. Uh, Talon May, bounce back, uh, 90, what, six points? Just now established himself as a keeper. Um, on the left edge, however, he is a keeper. Let's talk about Isaac Tago. Because scores have capitulated with Cleary back in the side. Is it worth the 40 points you're going to get from round 13 to hold and lose the value? Or is now the time to be selling? Now with with Pappenhausen out, I can't because I have used up all my boosts. But for the people who are much more sensible with trading than I am, can we look at moving on Pat, looking, moving on Tago, um, and then sort of if you want to boost again? Like, what are we doing with Tago? Because the scores suck. It is tough. Yeah, the last four weeks, um, excluding even this game, his high score has been 53, which, look, 53 in your center wing is still okay, and he is still playing for a gun team. 
But I do think some of those scores did ha- include tries, which definitely boosted the score up. It is a, it's a difficult question because they do have Melbourne coming up, so you'd think that there's probably not going to be much opportunity there to score big. Then it's the Roosters, the Cowboys, and the Bulldogs. Roosters had some glimpses of returning to form. Uh, the Cowboys, we know, have been pretty good recently as well. So you start looking at that thinking, okay, is there actually any benefit in holding on to him if I'm going to lose all the cash that we've made on him? Do you cash in or you know, do you sell? It's a really tough decision. I haven't really made my mind up on it. My intention is probably, st- I think I'm thinking I'm just going to hold, just given now what's happened elsewhere in the round. I feel like there's probably other things that people need to address in their teams, you know, with injuries, etc. But keeping him to round 13 is fine because you just know that it's a Bulldogs game and that week he can turn it on and he will still be highly earned. So you can maybe just keep it as a hedge. But look, if he's your biggest downgrade potent- like candidate in your team to get up to like your Garricks, your Turbos, etc., he's looking easier of a sell. That's for sure. But it's still hard when, you know, you know he's playing for a gun team. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a tough one. I'm really not sure um, on Targo. All it takes is one good score to get that sort of moving back in the right direction as well. Um, Something to mention, you would expect Luai and Cleary to be out around 13. So who is the attacking threat there? Probably Kikau. And you'd think they just funnel down the left all game. So could be a plus for Tago. I guess it was a positive to see him stay on the left with, with May. Like, they didn't sort of shift that around too much. Uh, Apikoros there with a 92. Brian Toto with an 81. No tries, two line breaks. So, what, 61 base power? Hasn't missed a beat. First game back, absolute machine. Um, yeah, 61 points. Probably not an option to be looking at now with or- with Origin coming up so soon. Um, but, yeah, it's good to know that yeah, he's still pumping out those numbers that we know we, he did, so we saw him do last year. Yeah, for sure. I think he's just given us a reminder that, look, don't forget about me, everyone. Um, I was the number one center wing last year to, to go for. As you, as you say, I think with Origin coming up, still had a pretty high break even, and he's 730k. It does feel difficult to invest in him. But um, no, definitely one I think we just keep an eye on for whenever, you know, the first Origin games, you know, passed. Look, we'll always find a way to try to jump on Brian Toto. He's an absolute weapon. Just that back three for Penrith that game with just a man, Dylan Edwards, Brian Toto, and Talamay. Like that, they all three of them just clicked very, very well. Um, Dylan Edwards as well with an 81 point. Look, Pod with Pap out? Potentially. I mean, he will cover round 13. You know, if you are really low on buy numbers and you are looking to go Pod, you could go Dylan Edwards. His average over the season, <clears throat> excuse me, is only 57 though. So he has had a good game, obviously, just now. But look, he's had scores of like 23 versus the Dragons. I'm just looking at 32 versus the Broncos, 31 against the Titans. It feels a bit too kind of like volatile for me. And especially now, I think when you've got like Turbo just sitting right there, even a Hines, if you haven't got Hines yet at fullback, I would still go for those two um, over Dylan Edwards. I feel like they would still outscore him, even the, even despite him actually playing that bye week. Yeah, fair. It's uh, it's always something to consider. Um, obviously, wouldn't have been. Yeah, sorry to shut down your pod. No, no, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't have suggested it if Pap didn't get injured. Um, but yeah, there's there's always always a way. If people need the cash and they can't get the, or they can't go turbo, or whatever. Um, don't hate it. Uh, look, William Kickout with an eighty, just classic William Kickout. Uh, might score twenty five next week. Um, Isaiah Yo sixty five. Spencer Len, you crashed over for a meat pie to get over a 60. Apart from that, not a whole lot else happening here. Nathan Cleary with a 40. Uh, Isaac Tager with a 34. Nathan Cleary only scoring a 40 despite putting up 20 points. I'm, I'm not going to say concerning because that's just generating talk for nothing. There's nothing concerning about Nathan Cleary, but interesting. Interesting that he only scored 40 points despite having, what, two back-to-back 150s? 
Yeah, a little bit, a little bit surprising there. He did have five missed tackles. I'm looking at minus four and missed gold as well. So normally he's quite solid defensively, but yeah, fair few missed tackles thrown in there. Probably just been an off game. I think I would look. I wouldn't be reading too much into it. He's a million dollars, and look, he went up from price from nine fifty k for a reason. There's there's no need to panic. I think with someone like Cleary, definitely not. Um, Clint Gutherson doesn't cover round thirteen. If he did, could we get behind it? He's 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 he much more of a as, as a pap downgrade option. Uh, for sure, like Gutherson around this origin period has actually been quite good in the past because you have a lot of restings with your turbos, your teddies, your traditional kind of top two gun fullbacks. Now that Pappy's thrown in there as well, but look, he's always a risk of being managed because he's had some health issues and injury concerns recently, whereas Gutherson is super solid, rarely seems to be getting injured and hopefully I don't curse him with that, but he does have this ability to do uh, very well. So I do, I don't mind him over the origin period. And the Panthers, uh, not Panthers, sorry, the Parramatta draw... Um, it is toughening up, but they've kind of gotten past now their toughest matchup in the Panthers. I don't actually mind what they've got coming up, um, even beyond round 17 as well. So, yeah, I don't mind Gutho as a kind of good hold through this origin period who you can maybe flip back to a Teddy or a Pappenhausen on the other side. The base plus power king, Isaiah Papali'i. 93 points. He is becoming ridiculously out of hand. Break even of 72, price of 779k. He's going to be over 800k this week. Uh, man, like... Payne Haas who? I have some decisions to make because I thought, okay, look, he's 780k. He might just kind of middle out with this tougher draw coming up. Maybe he goes down to like 700k. Maybe I'll just pick him up after round 13. And then I watch him and then I think, why the hell do I not own this guy? Like, honestly, this guy is a machine. He's an absolute machine. 93 points and no attacking stats in there is just ridiculous. And look, I've got the cash, as I said. I might just I might just bite the bullet and just sleep easier at night because honestly this guy is a machine, as I've said. Uh, yeah, I, I need this guy in my team, and I think anyone who doesn't have, I'm changing my tune already. I'm saying, oh look, last week I was saying it's too expensive, but I'm just like whatever. If you've got the money, just throw it at him. He's super solid. He won't let you down. Yeah, uh, it's just. Every podcast under this, I won't say every podcast, I'm sure there was a few, but we were all just like, nah, we, we just can't do it. Like the rotation through the middle or whatever, but like Ryan Madison's taking that role and he performed this game with the 91, but like iPad was just on another level. Like he just was racking up points and ridiculous. But yeah, as an owner, can't complain at all. Uh, Reed Money with a 76, about time he did something after I sold. Uh, your boy Dylan Brown, 71, um, got a rare try off a kick, which Penrith do not concede very often. So, look, he's no Cameron Munster, but with a 71 as an owner yourself, you you can't be upset. No, definitely not. I'm happy I've decided to hold him. He's still turning up decent scores, and I think the base is what I like from from Dylan Brown. You know, 23 tackles in there, uh, lots of runs and lots of tackle breaks as well. So even without that try, he's still looking like a mid-50 score which I'm pretty happy with, you know, a game against the Panthers, who are a top-two team. Um, as I mentioned, the, the Eels draw, who cover origin period very well, apart from the round 13 bye week. So I'm thinking him and Munster could be the top-two um, five-eighths um, come season end. So I think while I've got him, um, I encourage other people to hold, and I'm very happy to hold him um, myself as well. Started the season a little bit slow with sort of high 30s, low 40s. We were concerned with Will Penasini and his production, but... For a guy that gets zero attack, he is he is as consistent as ever, and he is damaging, and all it takes is a couple of attacking stats, and, and he just bursts the, the week open. Uh, what do you end up on with a 52 this week? Uh, he's just making on his cash left, front, and center. It's a shame that he isn't playing around 13, because he would be just a dream hold. Is it getting to the stage now where we cash out, or is he looking like an option just to, to hold sort of until round 17? 
Uh, look, he was heavily sold this week because of the likes of Tuipulotu and Tass, and I also cashed in myself. Um, not happily, because I know that he is super solid. He was just the biggest downgrade candidate. But, you know, I'm kind of thinking maybe it should have been Targo we actually sold instead, because Penasini is super solid. Um, had that nice try assist as well with the offload um, for, I think, one of Gutherson's tries. So even without that, you're looking at like a mid-30s base, which is really solid in your center wing. And, yeah, I think if you can... Uh, it's always good to add depth in your team. So instead of cashing in on Penasini, if you can get rid of some Deadwood for other cheapies, that's not a bad way of going about it because he's super hold, uh, super solid hold. Could be a good like kind of fifth or sixth center wing for the majority of the season. 100%, 100%. Uh, Mitch Moses, the flat track bully, uh, when he comes up against a good side, crumbles with a 34. So if you haven't moved him on by now, I definitely would be. Uh, sea Eagles 36-22, the West's Tigers. This was headlined by Trevojevic, not Tom. Burbo, let's let's all get around Burbo. But playing the back row, what's happening with his shoe style? Like, why is he out? How long is he out for? Um, there's a couple of there's a couple of square pegs that have to fit into some round holes here. You've got Harper, Parker, Cooler, uh, Tupelo, Burbo, Schuster. Like, they've all got to fit in somewhere. Did Schuster play himself into a spot for a month? Um, so Schuster, I believe this week was because it was, a, I, I read it was a minor calf injury. So I feel like he will be back next week. And Hamoli, I think was also just illness, which I think should mean he's also back this week. So with Berber, we're just going to have to wait on teamless Tuesday to see where he fits in because he was named at center originally. Um, and then obviously with Hamoli out that, that meant that Morgan Harper came back into the team. I would think that Harper wouldn't take the spot because he was originally dropped. And so, yeah, it really could, it could be Berber at center along with Kula. And then uh, Schuster and Hamoli. So, look, he's going to come up for his third game soon. The only initial thought I had with Berber was, for all those job security issues you raised, we know that traditionally he has been more of the AE nightmare. So I'm wondering if he's the not if he's not the best like kind of cheapy to go for if you know there's some job security issues because if he comes back to being like an 18th man. He could be killing your vice-captain loophole every week. So that's something I would just advise. And if, like myself, I jumped on two cheapies this week. So I'm not sure if I necessarily need to jump on like a Burbo. But look, we'll see with Timus Tuesday. But um, look, a double playing alongside Tommy. Um, you know, there's always opportunities for attacking stats as well from him. I just don't see how you can drop the best Trevojevic in the family. Like, it's just... He, he was absolutely honestly though, like he was like, he played very very well. He, and, like, he played he was, really well, yeah. He, I know we're joking was, about, it, but he looked he, he played really well, yeah. He was good. Uh, DCE just continues to be like that guy that just pumps out scores, and you're like, oh shit, he's averaging seventy. Like you never really notice it. Uh, 105 from him, Ruben Garrick, one of like around the Twitter sphere, he was very very popular uh, as a trade in. I just I couldn't make the money work. I really wanted him this week. I just couldn't make it work. I went with Grant instead. That worked out well, so can't complain there. But he got 103. Definitely bottomed out in price. Uh, Turbo back, looking looking juicy. Uh, Burbo, as we said, with a 96. Can we get behind Burbo as a nickname? That's probably the, the real topic now. Uh, Burbo, Jerbo, Turbo. Are, are, we, are we approving that? Oh, I'm bored. I thought that, I thought that was already the nickname. The, the, so the comment, I, the standard. I was sitting here thinking that was already done and dusted. I just I love how we, we come up with these. So we, we went from Hamwala Olakowatu to Moly, to Holy Moly, to Holy Guacamole, to Guacamole, to Guac, which the evolution is incredible. The Supercoach community never fails to surprise me. Uh, a couple of 70s from a couple of guys people shouldn't own. However, Christian Tupilotu, some people do own. 70 points from him with just the one try. So what's that, 40 points in base power, which is really good for a guy less than 300k. I'm annoyed I didn't get on. Do you still think there's value? 
Uh, I think so. I wonder what his price is going to go up. I'm normally not really good with these price changes, so I'm wondering if you had thought it, um, thought it would have been. But he had a minus um, 44 break even, so I'm, I'm guessing he's he going to go up close to 100, 100k maybe yeah, this week. He'll be he'll be he'll be four so, 420ish. 420. There you go. So yeah, you're paying. You're starting to pay like mid range of price, but with Saab out, you're still going to hopefully get that round 13 coverage. Decent draw coming up for Manly, and with Turbo back in the team, um, and Burbo just playing inside of Tuipilotu, I feel like. He's still okay to buy. Just looking the eye test, he passes the eye test as well. I did jump on him this week and I played him. Um, so we're very happy as well with his scores. Kind of has that Brian Toto mold where he looks like one of those really hard runners. So the base stats will, I think, be there. And also the base and power. You know, he had quite a few tackle breaks and offloads as well this week. So I still think there is potentially value, but it would be hard to, to pay up, I think, now. But if you've got that money and you can afford it, I don't mind it. He could be a perfect downgrade from a particular Melbourne winger who has potentially peaked in price. Who that's sort of the route I'm looking at personally. Uh, what else do we have here? Not a whole lot happening. Oh, we probably should mention Tom Trevojevic, 78 points in his first game back. Uh, I was watching this through like the the gaps in my fingers. He was on what 100 points. He got a really janky try system. Very thankfully lost that, but still 80 points. He's going to lose a bunch of cash. Uh, he'll be about 900k. You'll be able to sell Pappenhausen for him and make some money. That's the obvious move. We shouldn't be overthinking this. Yeah, for me, look, seventy-eight is like it's not. It's a good. It's a decent score. It's nothing amazing. Uh, it's not what we were seeing from Turbo last year. For me, what I wanted to see was just how he was going to come back from this injury, and I have zero concerns. He has. He took a. He took a bazillion runs. Like he was running the ball hard. At the like near the beginning of the match, I was thinking he was just going to be laying it off to the likes of Harper and uh, Garrick, and he was just taking the line on himself, which is a really good sign. So I think. We know that he can obviously, you know, be providing those try assists. And I think as long as that running game is strong, he's looking fit. I think he's going to be an option. He's going to be overpriced probably still. But when you've got Pappenhausen potentially out for what looks like two to four weeks, he's such an easy replacement. So I don't think you overthink it. Um, Teddy has performed well. We'll get on the Roosters game, but their draw signed to toughen up. So I feel like Manly going with Turbo is probably the most obvious way to move in that direction. If you tell me the Tigers scored 22 points and you ask me who the top scorer was, Joe Offerhand Gowie would have not been my pick. Uh, Oliver Guildhart, Stafford Toa looked really good at fullback. Um, as a Tigers fan, I think he looked really, really nice. Um, Peachy also played okay in the centres, but super coach wise we don't own many options here apart from Kelma Tuolagi, who is one of the biggest disappointments from Supercoach. I think after the preseason, we are thinking this guy could be like... The, the best the best uh, cash cow in second or forward, if not the entire game. And it's just not been there. You know, he's had concerns with, like, playing the full 80 minutes. He's had HIA, some niggling injuries and stuff. But played the full 80, th- only 31 points. He was close to scoring a try. But even still, that would have only got him, like, a 50. And so getting up to 50 with attacking stats. And I think you're going to see a lot of sells from Tulagi this week. Doesn't cover round 13. I'm also thinking with the cash that I've got, I could probably go too lucky to iPad, and uh, you know what? If I can do that and get Turbo in this week, nice. I might just do it. You know, because iPad gives me nightmares, and too lucky. I've got, um, I've just got like he's a real, real slow burn. So I feel like it doesn't feel like a wrong time to cash in. I think. It, I mean, he's made not even made hundred k. So yeah, it has been a bit disappointing. Uh, yeah. Shout out to is that Ken Mamalo at the bottom there, scoring one point in eighty minutes of game time. Shout out to him. Oh, no, he would have went off. He went off with the HIA. My apology, Ken Mamalo and Ken Mamalo enthusiasts. Um, but, yeah, basically, Tigers, yeah, up and down. I feel like the scoreline maybe didn't reflect this game. They were just conceded a lot of tries. Like, they just let one in and then score, let one in, score. And you score, we score, basically, was the, the mentality of this game. 
Uh, the Chookies, 44, Titans, 16. James Tedesco says, Ryan Pappenhausen, who? Origin jersey, what? 126, he is back. Big, big scores from him. Look, I can see you're stalling for time. Um, but yeah, Pappenhausen, uh, not Pappenhausen, Tedesco, 126. He was just unreal in everything. Um, he, he does this. He does this every week, and sometimes it doesn't work. And it looks like he overplays his hand. Other times he does it like this week. And the Titans defense pass like the Red Sea. And he just looks like the unstoppable monster that we know he can be. Yeah, sorry, apologies. I was just trying to fix up some audio um, issues on my end. But yeah, Teddy looking, look, he's looked good the last couple of weeks. And I think anyone who has held him, obviously, you've been richly rewarded. I sold for Cleary. I feel like the points have started to kind of balance out a little bit. You know, with Cleary going so low this week and Teddy going massive. Um, so yeah, small regrets, I think, going with Teddy. But I don't have any thoughts of going back in now with their draw coming up and with Origin uh, looming around the corner. But the Roosters, some good signs there. You know, they found the weakness in the Titans, which was basically their left side. So the Roosters' right side just kept going down there all evening. You know, Tedesco, Manu, um, Suwali all did very well in this game. So, yeah, Teddy running the ball a bunch, getting the hat-trick. I believe he's he got a hat-trick, didn't he, this week? So, yeah, yeah he absolutely killed it. So back to the Teddy that we, you know, that's what we thought we were paying for at the beginning of the season. It just took a bit of time to get there. Uh, I didn't think I'd ever be bringing this up on the podcast, but. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Luke, is it Luke Keery time? Uh, I can never get behind Luke Keery. He's bottomed out. What is he, like 350? Oh, sorry. Got some audio issues. Um, Yeah, Luke Keery's 373K. He had three try assists and still scored a sub 100. The base is never there, which, and I think with their draw coming up, look, he he got down to that price, I think, for a reason. So I don't think I can go myself. Fair, fair enough. Uh, Joe Sawali, you asked me between, who were you deciding between? Sawali and someone. Uh, it was Sawali and Randall. I was thinking, I, I, was all, I was on Sawali all kind of week, and I thought last minute, Randall should probably play the full 80. Do I switch off Sawali? But, um... You mentioned Swally, and I thought, yeah, that's what I've been sitting on all week. So I stuck with him. So well, it was an eight point plus. I told I there. told you Swally, and then before the round, I think I said, "Hey, do I play Tass or Swally?" You said Swally, and I, I went Tass. So yikes! <laughs> yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Hey, but we did like play it. Daniel Tupo, who had a bounce back with a seventy three, which which is nice. It's the, the reason why we invested five hundred k in him to start the season. Two tries, one with a line break, one without. Uh, the base stats are just there. Roosters looked really clunky in the first half, but it, it clicked in sort of the back half of the second. I'm not going to say they're back because I think my local C-grade side could beat the Titans at the moment, the way they're playing, but it's definitely promising. Uh, CSC with Takiyaho, 69. Nat Butcher, 65. Some names here. Angus Crichton with a 64. Let's talk about Silly Supernua because dropped to the bench, came on, scored 14 points, and this was kind of the point in the week where if owners held him, like there's not much wiggling room in the middle of the round. Yeah, that was a really, um, that was a strange one. You know, 14 points coming off the bench. Break even at 27, so he'll go down in price, but not a bunch. But um, yeah, it's definitely 
concerning that, you know, they're still kind of rotating through their back rollers. You know, Nat Butcher got the start in this game. We've seen Angus Crichton getting benched. I wonder if, look, I don't know if it was tactical or fitness. I'd probably need to go read up on press conference, um, you know, what he was saying after the game or even pre-game. Um, I just missed that. But, yeah, it is concerning at his price. You can't really move to too many others, especially with only two other games left in the round. So definitely a concern for owners because he does not have base. So coming off the bench, you have to rely on attacker stats to try to get a decent score. If he's still coming off the bench, I think he becomes an immediate sell then. You're a very much a, an FPL enthusiast, and, and uh, the common term in FPL is, is Pep Roulette, which is Pep Guardiola just resting his players. Is there, is there there's some Robo Roulette happening in Supercoach? Yeah, there's definitely some Robo Roulette happening. You know, the forwards keep getting rotated. You know, we mentioned just just then Crichton, Tupanua, Nat Butcher. Um, it seems to be happening, you know, every other week nowadays. So, yeah, I, I wonder if he's trying to, you know, just freshen up the squad just to keep people on their toes, you know, because we haven't played the best so far to begin the year. So he's thinking, look, don't get cosy. I, you can come out at any time. So I wonder if it's part of that as well, you know, it's trying to be a bit of a kick up the backside just to get him revving up. 100%. Hey, are we uh, we back on the Connor Watson train when he's back from injury with Sam Verrills looking out for a while and no disrespect to Drew Hutchinson, but it's probably not a first grade nine playing big minutes moving forward. Connor Watson season? Yeah, could be. You know, Roosters do play round 13. Um, I do know what the extent is of Sam Barrell's injury. Uh, poor, bi- poor guy. He's, he's had so many injuries. He, he's in the out. Few That's years. all I know. <laughs> should have, okay, should have been more yeah. prepared. No, it's all good. We'll, um, look, I, I can't tell you the answer either. <laughs> so no, um, no judgment here. But yeah, I think Connor Watson, ch- if, we get, if he gets an extended run, definitely could be an option. I wonder what his price is at the moment. But yeah, round 13 coverage. Uh, you know, if people are looking at beefing up maybe their second hooker spot or maybe a fourth second or forward, maybe he's an option. Can someone in the chat please uh, get some news on Verrills, get some news on Connor Watson and Connor Watson's price when he's back? That'd be fantastic. And more Watson report. is 489k, so he's not cheap. 489 around that awkward mid-range price. Yeah, good move from Randall. And he had a 79 break even. Good move from Randall now that he's going to get a couple of price rises with uh, with his good score that we will touch on. But yeah, Connor Watson season could be upon us um, for the Titans. Bo Firma, and when Bo Firma's top scoring for you. The less said about that, the better, I think. Yeah, it's 67 points with a try. I mean, I think general investment in, in the Titans has kind of you know fallen away ever since Fafita's had his injury. A lot of people have sold for more recently as well. If you've still got him, look, fine. You can get those attacking stats, um, especially if he's in your center wing. It's not as um, big of an issue. So you probably just hold him now, I think, until around 13. But in terms of buying, even the likes of Marzu, I know, has been pretty popular. But 22 is pretty low from him when he's normally quite good in the base stats. So... There's just too much inconsistency, and their performances don't, you know, thrill me at all. So I I can't really recommend too many Titans players to be purchasing. Six to eight weeks for young Samuel Verrill, so definitely could be Connor Watson's season. Um, a broken collarbone apparently is being reported in the chat, so or fractured collarbone, whatever, something about his collarbone. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for Connor Watson. That is my takeaway. Um, as for this, yeah, like Greg Marzu is scoring 22 when he's meant to be like the budget Toto. It's yeah, I mean, it's just annoying. Um, hot take, I'm a Queenslander. Tino Fa'asul Malawi should be playing in the front row for us, not at 13. There's, there's another 13 that we will touch on in this next game. Cowboys, um, 30. Oh, sorry, here you go. Just, if, sorry, just to butt in, I've just uh, pulled up an article just on this, the Sam Verrill thing, just to fill in anyone who's wondering still. So, yeah, fractured collarbone. Um, looks to be out for about six to eight weeks. And Connor Watson has been cleared by medical team, and he would slot straight back in, according Ooh. to Trent Robertson. So he should be starting. All right. He's got a break even of 81, so we could probably give him a week. And, yeah, all systems go maybe in round 11 for Connor Watson. That could be a 
bit of a bit of a play. Um, we got some jewels to move around in my side, so we could we could make that work. All right, uh, Cowboys thirty six, Knights sixteen. Knights looked good to start the game. Fell away, probably lack of experience in that halves uh, when you're relying on Phoenix Croslin and, and Tex Hoyt. It's probably not a good day at the office for you. Uh, Chad Townsend. I flamed him all preseason. I think everyone did. Like, I didn't see how this Dean Townsend thing at work. Uh, but but Chad is just the Cowboys are good. What's happening? They are good. As we uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the stream, you know we have to start reevaluating teams. I think people have kind of already caught on. Oh, sorry, but, um, sorry. I think for anyone watching on YouTube, this game apparently the updates have come in. I don't have the correct graphics. So I'll pull them up on my phone. But you continue, man. Oh yeah, no. So I was just saying, I think with the Cowboys, we have to stop uh, taking them seriously. They're they're a good team. Um, they're high up in the ladder, performing really well. They've got a solid spine. They've got good X factor players like you know Val Holmes at center seems to be doing really well for him. You know, he's not having to be so much of a focal point in the attack. Drinkwater has been in insane form. They've got Hammer coming off the bench. Um, you know, Nanai is an X X factor as well. Cotter, like they've just got overall their squad is set up really well. Good forward pack. Um, a half combo that seems to be clicking um, and some exciting X-Factor players in the backs and on the edge. So, yeah, really like what the Cowboys are doing. I think covering around 13 makes them really interesting to look at. You know, probably more more of your pot options will come from the Cowboys. But, yeah, look, Knights started the game really well, but the Cowboys just saw them off, which I think is a sign of a good team. So, yeah, they're looking like firm top eight um, candidates come end of the regular season. And, yeah, I really like what they're doing. Um, overall, and yet, so I've seen some updates. So, guys, I think like Drinkwater. Drinkwater's gone up 20, 25 points. Oh, if you bought it, well, well done. Like he's he's playing fantastic. I think they they found his role. Um, someone that I want to highlight, David Clemmer has had three round average of seventy three and scored another seventy seven this week. Man's getting 72. through some work. Yeah, he's been killing it. I've, I know a few people have been looking at him as a bit of a pod. At front row forward, he's in one percent of teams coming into this week, so you can definitely pick up a pod in your front row forward. I guess the only knock is that he doesn't cover around the team. But look, in a position where there's not much upside and there's not much outside of say your Payne Haas, Tamalolo, and Papali, you can afford to go for a pod like Clemmer, and he's he's cheap. He's five hundred and fifty k, so you're still paying sub six hundred k, and he has been a gun in the past. He was offloading as well, which is always a good sign. Um, for your super coach players and with Clemmer in particular, so yeah, I re- I really like Clemmer. He's looking like he's just taken up um, a really big role in their forwards. Yeah, and the 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 promising thing is the Daniel Saifidi and Jacob Saifidi are both getting decent minutes. Like if if one of them weren't, you'd be like, oh, what if they come back into the rotation? But Clemmer's playing good minutes with those guys there, so Clemmer definitely could be a, a decent shout. Chris Randall got some good updates to seventy eight. Um, that's going to get his cash pumping in the right direction as well. Do we think Tex Hoy's done enough to hold his spot? Look, they, they lost, but Tex Hoy looked sharp with the ball, looked quick, looked like he was providing a bit of energy. If Coach O'Brien doesn't think Clune or Clifford are up to it, I don't want to say it, but it, uh, it's 400k. I thought Tex Hoy's a lot cheaper. Disregard everything I've just said. I thought Tex Hoy was like 240k. <laughs> Never mind. Um, some other some other fantasy relevant news here. Um, not a Not a whole lot. I mean... What stocks do we own of the Knights? Maybe Randall, and that's Randall. it. And that's it. And as as for the Cowboys, I mean, I alluded to Tino shouldn't be the thirteen; should be all aboard the Ribbon Cotter train. He's played some great footy, um, playing big minutes. Just a, just a beast of a man. Sixty eight points. Very very happy with him. He is everything that we thought Tom Stalling was going to be, and it looks like he's played himself into an Origin jersey. So for everyone that went early, like round four, five, six on him for buy coverage, 
it's kind of blown up in her face, hasn't it? Yeah, look, another another big minute stint, 75 minutes he played, 68 points. He's just kind of, he looks like one of those players where it doesn't matter with the minutes, his PPM just stays the same. He's an absolute workhorse. And yeah, I think he's still a good buyer if you just want a, a good buyer because he's well, that doing was, really well. That was my but next question. Like, in terms of covering 13, it's, yeah. not, it's looking less likely with every week. That was, my next, that was my next question. Do we sell? Or is he like bordering on like, not sell, but like, is he a guy to move on from 13? Or is he a borderline like second hooker option or like a good fourth, fifth, second rower utility? Because he does have that nice handy jewel. I think the jewel makes him really appealing just to keep in your team. If you ever want to, you know, rotate through your squad, it's really handy to have that. And I think the way like Peyton seems to have stumbled upon a bit of a recipe that's working, you know, with his, you know, drink water at fullback, Cotter playing bigger minutes, Tamalola playing bigger minutes as well. I feel like if he's smart, he'll just see that and says, I'm going to run with it. So Cotter, I still think is going to be um, really high up there in terms of, you know, you, you're averaging hookers as well. And they're yeah, probably better off maybe in your second or forward. But yeah, definitely any no consideration to be selling. And I think he's just looking like one of those guys just plug in and you ride him out for the rest of the season, potentially at this rate. He's going really well. Now, you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you didn't jump on Jason Tamalolo. The 50 points doesn't tell the full story. This could have been 110. Yeah, I feel very lucky as a non-owner of Tamalolo. So I was on the fence about buying him and I thought, you know, I'll give it a week just in case I want to use this money that I've built up to go for Turbo next week. Um, watching that game, the 52 points, it could have been 100. Two disallowed tries. So very, very close to big scores from Tamalolo. So I think we are getting those signs back. So I'm I'm, I'm happy he didn't score that well as a non-owner. But um, I can't ride my lock for too much longer because, yep, he will eventually get that big 100-plus score soon. That big right foot step straight in the middle against some tired forwards is looking damaging, whoa, whoa, damaging week on week, basically. Sunday afternoon rolls around, um, and if you told me the Storm would win 42-6, to um, I would be jumping up and down. But unfortunately, the, the title of this podcast, Goodbye My Pappy, Looks like he's he's broken. Like the bottom half of him has just fallen apart. He had that ankle issue a couple of weeks ago. Did his knee? Did his hammy? He's out. I uh, Melbourne can say two weeks all they want. I think they just rest him for a, quite a, not quite a while, but like I'd be surprised to see him play before round thirteen. Yeah. So early reports, yeah, two to four weeks. The the thing with the Storm is that they've got that. You know, they've got that benefit of just being able to plug in guys anywhere else in their team, and it just seems to work. They can just slot Nick Meany straight up to fullback. Um, he goal kicks as well. So, yeah, Pappenhausen is probably going to be the most sole player, I'm going to guess, this week, especially if you just you don't see him in the team list. He's going to be 100... Uh, sorry, he's going to be 900k plus, so that's just a lot of money to be holding on to. He has shown in the past, anytime he's had an injury, albeit it was head-related, which is a bit of a different issue, he has had extended stints out. He had the right knee issue, and then it was like left hamstring. So yeah, as you say, like completely broken lower half of his body. So yeah, he's probably just going to be a sell. Unfortunately, it's it's like it seems to be the narrative with Pappy. Two months of brilliance. Unfortunately, gets an injury as he's starting to be discussed with Origin, and we have to sell. Conspiracy? Cam, Cam, uh, Craig Bellamy conspiracy? He just, hey Pappy, can you just just go down for us so we don't we don't go off to camp? Oh, no, I wouldn't be saying that. Surely not. <laughs> Can you imagine the carnage come Teamless Tuesday if Payne Haas isn't named again and, like, owners held on for a week and then Pappy's out? Yeah, that's when... This is the time I think we're seeing when, you know, for for the first two months, the boosts really have been a bit of a luxury. You, you've been able to use them to get in a couple of guns, maybe a cheapie. We haven't really seen a bit used in, like, an actual emergency where you're like, oh, crap, I've got, like, two guns I need to get rid of. Plus, there's like maybe another thing I need to deal with. So people, 
like yourself. You've used all your. I can't believe someone would use. Who would use five boosts after nine rounds? <laughs> honestly, like who? And considering, like, imagine if you didn't trade the first week either, and then had one trade the next week. Imagine using five boosts in seven. Who would do that? Yeah, I don't know who would do that. But look, it's 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 yeah, uh, it's definitely working for you. You're sitting pretty in the top thousand. I haven't. I've I've only used two boosts. And I'm outside the top ten thousand. So look. The boosts, you know, there's no no harm in having used them, hey, the, but it could be the, our time when it's handy to have it. If there's the way you know, the way my side, the way my side is going, mate, we're on the slide, so I might be outside the top ten k after four <laughs> weeks. Um, moving on to this game, though, for people watching on YouTube, you can see there's two nice green highlighted people at the top of the screen. I am now a new Harry Great owner. It's a very nice feeling. It's very nice not to have to sweat whenever he picks the ball up and clench his sphincter and just hope for the best. 129 points for him, 122 from Cam Munster. Munster just went to the next level when Pat went off, and that's really nice as an owner. Uh, Jerome Hughes also with an 80. Nick Meany with a 76. Let's touch on Nick Meany, eh? Bye, question mark? Certainly. He had a negative break even coming into this week because um, he had a 100-plus score, I, I believe, last week. He'll be goal-kicking. We expect he'll be playing fullback, which is a great spot. He's only be 500K in your um, fullback and center wing. You know, any any piece of the Storm team that's through the first nine rounds of the year, um, highest scoring team ever, I believe, in NRL history. So, look, even just getting the goal kicker is not going to be a bad thing at 500k. So, I don't mind it. He's definitely a nice pod buy. You know, he's only owned by about 2% of teams at the moment. Obviously, that's going to creep up this week, but I like the buy. Coates to Meany, Pap to Turbo could be on the cards. And that means I've got to hold Arrow, hold Tago, but... Hey, who knows? Um, I think I'm selling, uh, like I said at the start of the podcast, Coates could have scored 200, and I think I was selling him this week anyway. Um, doesn't play the bye, won't play round 17 either. Just very up and down. When he's on, awesome, but I think he's peaked in price. I probably will own him again later on, um, but yeah, rocks or diamonds, and unfortunately this was, this was a rock. Uh, Josh King, 64. The one that got away, I just, in hindsight, he was always a buy, and we always we always say this. Like hindsight, he was a definite slam dunk buy. He won the training award, train the house down. Craig Bellamy loves him. You know, all the stereotypes. But there was always that lingering worry with with Brandon Smith there. Why did Brandon Smith have to get suspended? Why couldn't he be available round one? And it would have made life so much easier. But owners, like, he is just a... I said this on Twitter today. He, like, he is just a meat and potatoes footballer. And he just does what he's told. And 64 points. The, the plod king just does it again. And that's exactly why Craig Bellamy probably loves him. He just does what he needs to do. He just... Plays big minutes, 69 minutes, just goes through a mountain of work. And Bellamy's like, sweet, you do what you need to do. And that lets all my gun players do what they need to do. So, yeah, I'm very happy that I traded for Josh King. I think it was in the first round, actually. It's one of the few decisions this season I've made that's actually paid off well. And I have, I still hold him. I still have him. And I was, you know, toying on the fence with, you know, maybe cashing him in. But at that position, if he's knocking out 60s, just I'll happily hold him. You know, it could just be one of those guys... Heaps handy, third front row forward. Um, it's got the dual status now as well, which is really useful. Um, yeah, I'll take the plot of life because he's absolutely um, smashing it. Um, well, not smashing it, but you know, like 65 points in your front row. You'll take that any day of the week. Now, we've got a couple of dilemmas on our hands. Raven Smith looks like he's going to be out for a while. Pappenhausen out for probably at least a month. There's going to be, what, a left wing spot open up, and there's going to be a right center spot open up. Is it Jack Howarth season? It could be. Apparently, he's been killing it in the in the lower grades, although I haven't really watched any of the highlights. He's actually my nuff that I've got in my team from the beginning of the season, so I wouldn't mind him um, coming into that right uh, right center spot. I would think maybe left wing, they might get Dean Eremeyer. 
I believe if he's still available and he's fit, he might come in. He's someone we've looked at in the past couple of seasons as a bit of a cheapie around this whole buy period. So, yeah, there's a couple of things that we'll definitely need to pick up from uh, Teamless Tuesday. Yeah, definitely. Maybe um, Tyrant Wishart as well. Yeah, Tyrant Wishart, he looked good in the centres as well. Um, yeah. Can we talk about Brandon Smith's haircut, though? Ugh, can we not? <laughs> Horrendous. Right, let's, <laughs> let's leave the cheese haircut at that. The last game of the round, the Sharks, with about six players in the field, beat the Warriors 29-10. Uh, the Warriors should be kicked out of the comp, um, abandon them, uh, take away all privileges that they've sacrificed, because how do you lose this game, honestly? 11 players for 10 minutes, 12 players for literally the whole game. How do you lose? Yeah, that would be really, really discouraging if you're a Warriors fan. Just You'd think... All right, great. It's it's a tough opponent in the Sharks, but look, we've got him for 12 men for most of this game. We should be able to make a contest of this. Sharks just, they seem to do better as the numbers went down. You know, they had went from 12, went to 11, and they just seem to be clicking further into gear. So yeah, I mean, the Sharks are a good team, but yeah, you'd be really, really disappointed with that if you're a Warriors supporter. I'm disappointed in Nico Hines. I never thought I'd say that because I am an owner, but like, what was he? 8, 8% captained. So eight out, of, 8 out of 100 people in this chat are loving life. 144, didn't think he did a whole lot either. Like, it wasn't one of those games where he just dominated, but he was just he just popped up there or thereabouts. The the accumulator, the the classic supercoach term. But, yeah, uh, I have a question. Is, is he a season keeper, Aman? Should, should we look to sell? <laughs> nah, I don't know. Oh, I'm such a I dickhead. I wouldn't be selling Hines, I think. Um, probably looking like a season keeper. And, look, I know I, we're saying I say it some jest, dumb but... shit, don't I? Holy crap. <laughs> 20 minutes into the yes. game, asking Aman if, if, if Hines is literally a season keeper. <laughs> Look, I look. I, I know we're saying it in jest because it's you look at the score of 144 and what he's done so far this year, and you think, why would I ever trade this guy out of my team? I think it's something you think about. Like, how do we define a season keeper? I, I kind of said it to you. I think if you look at a player and you think, how is he on X score? When you look at the game and it seems like he's not done much, that's when you know you've probably got a season keeper on your hands. If they just seem to, as we say, accumulate the points and you have no idea how. Look, we said no idea how. He was he was quite good this game. Lots of try assists. Um, the goal kicking, the, the forced dropouts, had his hands on everything. Uh, but yeah, when you don't know how they got their points, they're probably a good hold. I know you love your Supercoach Gold stats looking through who traded out people for who. Uh, shout out to the 780 people that traded out Nico Hines this week. Unlucky. Uh, Teagle Wilton. Just on that, just before you just before you carry on, I think we have to blame you for some of that. I'm just looking at it now. 17 people took out Nico Hines for... Adam Elliott. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be responsible for the for that for the seven for, for the other for the other seven hundred and sixty three people. I don't know. Just delete up. Um, Teague Wilton has won the spot. I feel, and yeah, I, think so. I think there's value. I honestly think there's value here. Still, yeah. Look, we know, we know that when he does get the minutes, he's a really good option. He runs good lines, got that attacking um, output potential, and playing on the left hand side for the Sharks, it seems to be the side that they do generally prefer. I think for like end of set plays, Way Graham has been named on the bench the past couple of weeks. I assume they're just continuing to manage him given all the injury concerns that he's had. So, yeah, you'd probably say it's been a couple of weeks now. If you see it again in the next week, you're thinking, all right, Teague Wilton's probably locked that spot down. And, um, yeah, not a bad option at his price point. He's a bit... No, he's not too pricey. 480k, so you are getting him in the mid-range. But I think, though, you're probably looking for round 13 coverage. You know, you may be looking at a Hamoli or maybe a Schuster if he's fit as well. But um, I, think you're, I think you're right. He probably has locked that spot down. Uh, another one we saw move to the starting spot was uh, Cameron McInnes. Now, only pumped out of 58 pre-updates. 
touch concerning considering they were down a man. Like, remember how the Knights went down a man? Um, like, Kurt Mann scored 400,000 points. Randall scored a heap that day. Uh, like, all the middle scored well. Are we concerned with Cam McInnes only scoring 58 points being a man down? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's 58 points, and it's basically, it's all in base stats. I'm just looking at them there. So there's literally nothing else. I mean, if you look at 58 points in base, you're thinking, geez, that's that's ridiculous. But, yeah, nothing more than that, which is still thinking to me, is not yet a buy at the, at this point in time. Like, it really, de- it's it's like it's inverse Cotter. I think, you know, for that kind of mid-range, you know, sub you know, like high 400k, second or forward slash hooker, Cotter is looking a much better option at the moment. The Cowboys are looking amazing. The... The thing is that Cotter might play Origin, but if he doesn't, then you've got a round 13 player, whereas McInnes won't. So, yeah, I still think that like if you're looking at a 50-50, I'd probably still lean Cotter at the at this point, point in time. So we call this show the Rage Trade Sunday because the chat is always full of people just slamming players. I feel the Talakai slander is just is not warranted at all. No, look, he was... Look, you, we can argue about scoring and things. We feel like maybe he should have got more than a try contribution for one of Connor Tracy's tries. Um, the left side of the Sharks seems to be their go-to. And so you know that if he's there, he's got that ability to, to you know get those attacking stats. It just hasn't happened the past couple of weeks. And so I think anyone who's thinking about selling, like me, for example, I've just only bought, recently bought him. If I wanted to sell him, I'd have to then watch him without owning and it hurt, not one... <laughs> But the question is, who do you sell to? Because, like, there's only Isaiah Papali'i to basically to to sell him to. This is fantastic because Aman has just cut out as I'm streaming. Thank we we are we're on the last game, so it's not not too much of an issue. Like, there's no one to sell to sell um, Cam McInnes to not Cam McInnes. There's no one to sell Sif Talakai to. Like Isaiah Papali'i is probably the only person that that really jumps out at me when it comes to who we're going to be picking up. I I can't really get behind selling him. I know he's got 40, 46, but another day comes some attacking stats, Jack. He's a center wing. Like, it, it happens. So, not not too bad. I wouldn't be selling Sifatalakai. I think you agree, Aman, as you come back to the to the Discord call. Hey, yep. Can you hear me okay? I can, mate. Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. Not sure what happened. I think YouTube started lagging um, on my end. Um yeah, no, look, Talakai for me, as you said, I think IPAP is really the only guy at that price point you'd sell to. And a lot of your gun players, apart from a couple like Kamali, etc., will won't play round 13. Neither will Talakai, but look, he'll be around 17 options. So I think the way the Sharks are going, they still have good draw. It hasn't come It hasn't yeah. crossed my, my mind to sell. For the for the Warriors, they were uh, just really really disappointing. Um, NRL super coach wise, like whatever, like whatever you want to put it. Um, the only huge really talking points would be the failed HIA from Ewan Aitken. I would have to have a look as to when the next game is. Um, if it's on a Saturday, he could be in doubt with the with the protocol turnaround. Um, and also, Will Kennedy is sent off. You would expect he misses a couple of weeks there. Um, but apart from that, man, there's, yeah, the Warriors were, were bad. I think that's just the, the way to put it. The Warriors are bad. The Titans are bad. Um, I mean, the Raiders weren't overly impressive against the, the Cowboys. Souths are bad. Uh, the Cowboys are going to win the comp. Chad Townsend for Clive Churchill medal. Big takeaways from this week, man. I think you and I, we're both sort of at about par 
Uh, I've scored a, a, a 1,202. You scored 1,089. I think we're both about there. I expect to see some green uh, some green arrows. I expect to see some red arrows inside the top 500 um, from where you are. I would be surprised if you saw red arrows. Just goes to show you the joys of sort of in between. But overall, man, you, you've got to be happy with, with what it is when your captain only scores 60-odd points. Yeah, for sure. I think a couple of decisions that you could change and you're looking at like a 1300 like captaincy, a couple of like those reserve selections. So I think the team's starting to look a little bit in better shape, which is good. And um, yeah, we're starting to get a, a, a lot better idea about those teams that we can target, you know, look at the Titans, Warriors, etc. It's just firming up in your mind, you know, what teams you, when you start looking at draws, for example, you know, where do you actually think the points can be scored? So I don't look at a Cowboys or Broncos game anymore and think that's a certainty of like, you know, 45, 50 points put on. No way. So I think, yeah, it's good to be at that point in the season. We're starting to develop a lot of information. And, yeah, we're getting closer to origin as well. So hopefully, good planning. Hopefully does see, you know, some rank increases. If you have, like, you know, like myself, haven't had the best start to the year, um, you know, plan around round 13. And hopefully you should be, um, you know, in a better position, I think, for the rest of the season moving forward. Just a quick note as well on that Warriors game. It is on Saturday, 3 p.m. So, yeah, could be a concern with Aiken. Again, it's a, it's a slight annoyance, you know, with my own team. He was doing really well. He was like 35 at halftime, and I was thinking, beauty, he might be on for 60, 65 points. Gets the HIA, you just can't control anything with that, um, can you? So, yeah, so the turnaround could be to- um, a bit short for Aiken for this week, but he still covers around 13, so he might still be a good hold, and you're showing what he can do um, in the first half. Definitely. Uh, there's some Vaela slander in the chat here, which is a great segue because if you are listening on the audio feeds, make sure you head over to the live streams when we do them. Um, my guests and I generally brew, uh, but on Sundays or Thursdays it is a month, we generally hang back and, and we'll answer some questions for 10 to 15 minutes. But that's going to wrap up the round nine review for the Dual Position podcast. Just a bit of a, a heads up for everyone. Um, I'll be traveling to Tweed Heads this weekend or this Tuesday. I'll be there for a week. So if you're in the Tweed area... Shoot me a message. Uh, we can go for a beer. Um, but that means no podcast Tuesday, no podcast Sunday, no kickoff countdown on Thursday. So we're taking a, a full week away from the podcasts. Uh, as you guys know that follow the socials, we have taken a two-week break from making visual posts. Um, was waiting on a process that had come from my computer, which arrived yesterday, which we put in. Um, but I'll still be around posting a lot, a lot of smack talk. But for the for now, um, I will see you guys back here next Tuesday. We'll, I'll be back with Brew. Um, thank you so much, Aman, for stepping in while Brew is off getting some brownie points, mate. I appreciate it. Where can people find you if they want to check out your stuff, um, which is a great time to check it out because I won't be around. So if you're looking to get your Supercoach fix, um, check out Aman. And, mate, where can they find you? Uh, yep, appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on yet again. So, um, yeah, on YouTube, it'll be at Aman Talks NRL Supercoach um, and also at Twitter at um, Aman Talks NRL SC. Lovely. All right, podcasters, thank you so much for listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I've been your host, the SE Whisperer, uh, coach of the Ramsey Resurgence. Let's hope for some green arrows. I will talk to you guys soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.